Welcome to Girls Room, where each week we unpack the foundational text of the 2010s, HBO's Girls. I'm Julia Gray. I have my incredible co-host with me, Drew Haskins. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good now that I have a microphone. Listeners, you've been listening to me from my phone uh, microphone, my computer microphone, and now I'm finally a professional. Yeah, it, and it sounds great. I mean, like, the phone mics, that was kind of the hard one because we did record hard. the entire first season on our phones, technically, but, like, now yeah. we're high-tech, <laughs> we're in the 21st century. It's perfect. The so. phones kept us honest. Yeah. you know, Phones are keeping yeah. people honest right now. Like, I... um. Like, I'm sure you are. Like, I have been doing little check-ins every day with the Vanderpump Rules. Of course. Gossip. And I didn't realize that, once again, all this drama stems from, like, phone-related nonsense. Okay, so is it... There was a video. There were multiple videos, right? Yes. There were multiple videos, potential recordings of said videos. Wow people sending the videos to other people i i don't know this you're is not safe. It, you're not safe out there it, you're not safe out there but it's also like okay i mean for people who may not be in the know about this like you need to read the new york times because crazily enough yesterday they did post an explainer of the whole situation but on the show vanderpump rules um the last remaining stable relationship has been toppled uh by a cheating scandal involving like one of the most boring women i've ever seen on reality tv it's crazy that she is such a drama vortex like this she's i mean i think i heard someone once say she's like a sentient evening wear mannequin yeah <laughs> was that i i don't know where i heard that it could have been from sup the podcast yeah but... Yeah, she. There's not a lot of life behind those eyes, but um, I don't know if she's making herself the villain and the star of this of this show. Yeah, I don't like. She is really not a very big personality. No. So she must have some sort of like insane in person appeal for three men. Well, I'll, maybe. I don't know. I'm kind of buying into like the Tom Schwartz was never in Raquel and this was all like a setup mm-hmm. theory, so which is diabolical. Yeah, I think Tom Schwartz was in on it. I think James Kennedy and Raquel were real. So that's, you know, yeah, but I don't yeah. think I don't think James Kennedy really cares about personality. Um. No. And then Sandoval, like I could so easily see him falling into the Raquel trap, you know. I also, I don't know, part of me is skeptical that, like, is Ariana in on it? There's no way she's in on this. Though I did see that she and Tom Sandoval have already filmed a scene together mm-hmm. discussing the aftermath which feels like soon to me yeah like i think there were probably rumblings before everything came out but i looked at the video of the wednesday night gig when they're like kissing each other and like it was like the calm before the storm and then two hours later the whole thing blew up like maybe it's just the andy cohen is forcing them to film this soon afterwards that's for sure absolutely you got to get it while it's fresh yeah and it's i mean i know like vanderpump has been really bad Mm -hmm. for a few years now to the point where i actually haven't seen this new season yet because it's good i just I'm, I'm I've heard it's great I just like haven't had time to like binge and I think I may do that like I have a flight soon so I'm gonna download all the episodes and uh that's a perfect way to pass go for it um but it really this feels like such a return to form because like a loose tie into the show that we're actually talking about today but like 2013 
2020 or I guess even 2012 to 2017 I was watching girls and Vanderpump Rules religiously wow were you an early Vanderpump adopter I was um I got in either late season one or halfway through season one um because I'd been watching Beverly Hills at that time I think it came out the summer before we went to college, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone was like, you have to watch this. Like, it's the most insane reality show I've ever seen. And I didn't really believe them at first. And I've never, outside of like Jersey Shore, I don't really watch a lot of like reality TV shows with younger casts. I don't know why that is. It's just like not... Like, especially with Bravo stuff, like, it's really only ever been Housewives for me. Mm-hmm. But it's so, like, I mean, obviously, like, that first season is so crazy. Like, Stassi and Kristen, two of the greatest reality TV characters we've uh, ever had. It's really, I mean, it's a shame. I, I, I understand the show's decision to cut them, but it's, yeah. I would love to see them right now. I could go without Stassi. But really? Kristen Doty, I think, like, we're Stassi ready for her. Stassi was my number one. Cr- Crazy-ass Kristen. I I value her chaos, but I feel like uh, Stassi's flavor of evil is more interesting to me. It's definitely more interesting. I also think it's, like, Kristen is a loose cannon <laughs> but like <laughs> Stasi is a super villain and I think that's like yeah. a little bit more flagrant like I like we're kind of talking around why they got kicked off but like that whole scheme was definitely Stasi's idea and Kristen was like yeah. henchwoman <laughs> oh yeah I mean it's always Stasi who's the uh you know diabolical master yeah. and then yeah she has her her lackeys but you know, we, we don't need to get into that. I, I agree with um the connection, the 2013. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Watching some of those early Vanderpump episodes, you're just shocked at the bubble necklaces and the Aztec patterns. Oh, it's... It's a different kind of 2013 than the girls' universe, for sure. They live in a place of Coachella at all times. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love to get Jen Rogan back on the pod to do like a visual analysis with us of the fashion of Vanderpump rules. That's a really good idea. Oh, I'd love that. It's it's crazy to watch it now. Yeah. Like in uh, how funny is it too, that like just as girls is really popping back into the zeitgeist VPR has a renaissance as well. Wow. That there's something in the air. Like, I mean, the indie sleaze revival into the girls' revival into this. Like, wow. I mean, that even makes me feel like, how was this not planned? But it, it does feel like much of the drama on Vanderpump feels very, very yeah. organic and like can't write this stuff. Which VPR cast member do you think is most likely to have seen girls? Oh, that's a good question. Most likely to have seen girls. I think. I feel like Stassi would hate girls. Yeah. But she but she would have seen it. She watched it and she was like, ew. Yeah. Stassi <laughs> just like she went to New York and came back. Like yeah. she's not a New York girl. No, not at all. Who else? I can Lala. see Ariana being into it. Oh, Ariana. Yeah, yeah. I could see her maybe like I watched the first season and then I didn't follow up. Yeah. And then I could see Lala on a similar wavelength as Stassi, just like, ew. Yeah. What they, <laughs> Raquel should be sat down in a room and be forced to watch the whole show <laughs> as like oh, re education. Wow. I would love to hear her. I mean, okay, do we think she would have anything to say about it? I could just, I could, I, I don't know. I think like, I would like to see her kind of take the show's lessons and internalize the momos because she's kind of acting like all four of them at once somehow. (laughs) But like, 
I want her to like decode the Rubik's cube of her own personality. I feel like she could never watch that show and feel a connection or see herself in any of the characters though. Do you know what I mean? I can see that, but like maybe Marnie because Mar- like she'd be like, oh, she has really good hair. Yeah. And then th- sometimes that's all it takes. That's a link. Yeah, that's all it takes. Yeah. That's a really good point. I mean this like as a not as a psychoanalyst or and I and I don't mean this to be mean. Raquel does not necessarily seem to me like a very complex individual from what we have seen on television. Yes. I feel like a show like Girls could help her shade in a few wow blanks. Yeah, I think I agree. From what we've seen, we don't know the girl. She seems pretty uh, straightforward, and she could use some. She could use some dimension. <laughs> she could be aided by some some popular culture. Yeah, I mean she she doesn't really have a curious mind, except <laughs> for other people's boyfriends, which is like which insane is to me. She is constantly searching which is deep i guess i mean do we want to get into these episodes (laughs) because these episodes also dealt with in smaller less globally talked about ways the dissolution Mm -hmm. of a relationship yeah some really uh sad stuff going on between adam and hannah yeah where we last where we left our girls hannah was interviewing patty lapone for a bone density drug uh spawn con for gq and she visited her family and her dying grandma meanwhile adam is accomplishing his dreams acting on broadway uh marnie's jealous of her gallery owning acquaintance sujin you'll remember sujin from uh booth jonathan days she was his uh assistant yes like personal assistant yeah yeah fired for having a scoop of his like oat milk ice cream (laughs) marnie's also throwing herself at ray because she's depressed and then when she gets rejected she meets desi and then jess is relapsing and shosh is fed up with jessa relapsing yeah I i think that about covers it that basically covers it um we're definitely in like the home stretch of this season now Mm-hmm. The past two episodes have felt a little table setting in a way, but I i mean, I, I talked at the beginning of when we started covering season three, how I sort of think that season three is a lower point for the show, but I really liked these two episodes again. Me too. I also, I'm, I think I remembered this season less fondly then I'm finding it this go around. Yeah. I'm really the the Ray Marnie relationship I'm really interested in and Adam kind of coming into himself, but also, you know, taking yeah. with that uh an absence from Hannah. The only thing I'm not super into is the Jessa plot, which I guess we can get into in a bit. Yeah. But like it felt it feels like a a retread on the same themes Mm -hmm. of last season just playing out again yeah and kind of just seeing the same being told the same thing in every episode about justin um but we can get into that we should start with hannah so yes this is season three episode 10 the episode starts with um 99 left balloons which amazing needle drop amazing hannah's at this rowdy happy hour with her gq co-workers honestly the rowdiest happy hour i've seen in real life and uh, recorded on television as a former music business employee i cannot say the same but it's (laughs) that was it was like it definitely got to like an unprofessional level like she ends up going home with her coworker, um, who like maybe has a crush on her, but like he like takes care of her and like 
showers her off and she's mm-hmm. like if i for a second i was like oh do they hook up in this scene but then it doesn't get to that point right she's just a hopeless rag doll in his bathtub yes <laughs> dried puke in her hair but hannah wakes up the next morning in his bed and goes home to an uncaring adam he completely is not listening to anything she says doesn't care that he was quote-unquote really drunk last night and you know it was really scary i woke up in a man's bed meanwhile adam's parading around the house in his uh costume eating muffins as he he says he needs to do normal things in his costume like eat muffins yeah he's just like so single-mindedly focused on the play that he just can't um can't do anything else and he keeps that coat on the whole episode too that's a really good detail (laughs) yeah Um, it's i mean good costuming once again like the play is just always on his mind and he's always like got one foot in that arena right we see adam kind of pulling away from her bit by bit so first he doesn't care that she slept at another man's house and got dangerously drunk then he doesn't want to have sex because he doesn't want to get sticky quote unquote before yeah. rehearsal. <laughs> it's it's hard to watch but i mean it's it's easy to be angry at adam as a viewer but it's also easy to see where he's coming from yeah you know, i really- i've definitely been the adam and the hannah in this situation like sometimes professional stuff takes precedence Mm -hmm. and you know a mature person can recognize that in their partner and be like yes like take the space you need like I know you're pulling away from me but it's because you have something else that requires your time and energy that will go back towards us being building a brighter shared future Mm mm-hmm but Hannah's not emotionally mature enough to really like see that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's also because she was insecure in the relationship to begin with and just in didn't know where they stood. And so now it's just more and more he's pulling away and this is the beginning of the end which you know it kind of is yeah um she ends up going to rehearsal uh sitting in the she's the only one in the theater (laughs) and i guess the director whoever calls her out and says you can't be here which is so humiliating yeah so he and it's not like i mean she is very conspicuous because she sits like pretty close to the front of the stage and like obviously she was gonna get like you can't just like walk in there but also adam invited her and then doesn't stick up for her when the director calls her out so he's not like infallible here either no just hard to watch honestly yeah yeah he doesn't even look at her in this moment it's just it's hard to watch i i think it goes from there into hannah and elijah eating burritos in bed wearing insane bandanas yeah very girls and gays behavior for sure So, so good i also love this line he's treating me like an ottoman with a vagina (laughs) another line that kind of uh you know is permanently imprinted yeah. in my brain. This is also like Hannah and Elijah are getting closer because I think he is not in the same place that like Marnie and the other girls are in, where like he's all too happy to mm-hmm. enable Hannah because yeah. he's also having the same exact insecurities about his career and like Adam's sort of a mutual trigger point for both of them because. Hannah's worried about the relationship and Elijah's really jealous about the Broadway of it all. So like it's the like 
toxic like feeding into each other's yeah insecurities that lead them to go to Patty Lapone together, which is oh. so unprofessional. Oh wow. Is that in this episode? No, that's in the next episode. Oh, right? is that in the next episode? I think so. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. But yes. Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They they're very willing to feed into each other's uh, you know, narcissistic tendencies and just kind of immature impulses. Like you would not bring Elijah to your professional inner we we'll get into that. Yeah. Later. Um, this that's a really good point it's their relationship is very different than hannah's with her other friends yeah so hannah decides to do something incredibly drastic and role plays with him to like keep his interest with adam not elijah oh yeah with adam (laughs) with adam um so she like calls him up and tells him to like meet her at a bar, some like random bar, um, and like eat beforehand, which I thought was like, a really <laughs> funny detail. Um, and she's like clearly waiting for a while mm-hmm. in this insane blonde wig. I forgot about the blonde wig. Uh, it's the way that it it couldn't suit her worse. <laughs> yeah like a bad wig on anyone just Uh looks like it's like sitting on top of your head but like that there was something just so lifeless and (laughs) and just like despondent about that wig like yeah perfect perfect choice i would love to see the other wigs they tried on and it is so first thought to be like how can I like spruce up my appearance? How can I like pretend to be someone else? Oh, I know, blonde long wig. <laughs> like, right. It's it it really is. You see exactly. She didn't give it an extra second. She's no. <laughs> oh god. And it's... otherwise, she's in the same clothes she always wears too. Yes. Oh my god. I mean that detail as well. She can never fully put on the disguise. She's so obviously Hannah in every way. I also read into this as her sort of trying to belittle what he's doing. Mm, interesting. Like, he is an actor. He's achieving some level of professional success. And she means to do this kind of innocently in some ways, but she's also acting Mm-hmm. And trying to show him that it's kind of silly and that anyone can do it in a way, even though she's kind of purposefully being bad by like saying that she's left her hedge fund manager, Marfaniel, <gasps> at home and then immediately changes his name to Darfanel, like two seconds. Like she can't even get right. the backstory that she's created, like straight. And like, that, that kind of comes up later. Yeah. When- she I think there are some other things to quote and talk about before we get to her changing the narrative of the role play but yeah I think that's a really good point she's kind of making a mockery of Adam yeah she runs out of the bar and is making a scene in the street and Adam's playing along sorry go ahead no she throws a drink on him (laughs) and eventually gets him punched she's you know there's a concerned onlooker who (laughs) is like ma'am do you need help and instead of immediately cracking and say oh no 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 please she eggs him on it oh god i mean she's committing to the role yeah also like he'll Kind of all this rolls off of him too. Like he's really into the role play for the most part at the bar. Besides when there was like a moment where she's like, here, I got you a gin and tonic. And he's like, uh, I'm sober. You know that. And she's like, shush, it's water. Just drink, drink the gin and tonic. <laughs> but and he like doesn't flinch about the punch. He doesn't care about the water no. thing. Like Adam's like yeah. down a clown, which is. He's down a clown. He's playing around for most of it. They go back to 
her husband's place, which is, I think, Marnie's apartment. Yeah. And she... I didn't realize until these two episodes, by the way, that Marnie's shower was in her kitchen. Is that like? Oh, my God. I did is not that notice. a New York thing. It's um, it can be okay. if you get a really bad deal. Yeah, that was a shock to see like the curtain in the corner and the tile and then two steps over was the countertop. I was I will need to go back and watch it. I didn't clock that. That's the single source of Marnie's psychosis this season. I swear to God, <laughs> like that shower is like that sh- that is like having an altar to Satan in your corner of your apartment. Like no wonder she's acting right. like this. <laughs> like that's crazy is not the kind of person i mean no one should have a shower in their kitchen no she especially should not have a shower yeah i mean she's like maybe the ultimate debasement in a season full of debasements Mm -hmm. we need the backstory on how she got this apartment yeah but um (laughs) so they're there yeah yeah they're at this apartment shower in the corner um she starts undressing and is wearing this crazy lingerie onesie with her like gray boy short boy short underwear underneath <laughs> like it makes <laughs> it again she cannot take off the the Hannah she's no. never fully wear a disguise because she's so Hannah i found it slightly incredulous in a way like there was no way she would have been able to get that on by herself too Mm, like the hannah we know would not have like or it would have taken her like an hour 15 to get that on elijah might have helped her no i don't think so he's not that kind of gay (laughs) he's not he's not sister supportive (laughs) (laughs) oh Uh, that was so funny though (laughs) it was like oh she um she says my husband left me champagne and a dildo that i already destroyed through overuse which i thought was oh like insane line she's yeah you know crawling on the bed asking do you want me to eat all the foods which is maybe the (laughs) grossest sentence i've ever heard uttered in a sexual setting there's something about the word foods that is disgusting for some reason Uh, and all the you know all the foods all the feels that like gross buzzfeed millennial language yeah like i love her um like the thought that like her like rich head fund a hedge fund manager wife character talks like (laughs) like someone who's never been to earth before like it's so funny and like her eating She's like, do you want me to eat this strawberry? And Adam's like, all of it. And she's like, I hate the green parts. And he still, she's still has to eat it. And just like spits it out onto the bedspread. I was like, oh, it's. Gross. I mean, here's what I'll say: the scene goes on a bit too long. I mean, I, I think. Yeah. But not a moment is spared. There's comedy in every moment, so maybe not. I thought this was the funniest episode of the season for sure. And I was just thinking about how we haven't gotten like an insane sex season or a mm-hmm. sex scene in season three mm-hmm. until now. So I'm glad if finally we got yeah. something. Especially since, I mean, sex is has been such a big part of the show and Hannah's narrative, just kind of her yeah. weird feelings around sex and how she kind of sets these expectations for herself to be this quirky sexual kinky person that Mm -hmm. don't always fit her so I think we see that kind of play out in the scene and Adam calls her out for it he says like you're this is so you know orchestrated and it seems like you're outside of your body Hannah gets back and says uh you can't be the body police which true but not really what this means here like her taking off the wig and just like her sad matted hair underneath it I was like oh like this is not 
Uh-oh. But it's also kind of her fault, though, because she switches up the narrative on him, right. as we alluded to before, <laughs> and, like, changes the fantasy halfway through. She's this, like, sexy cheerleader named Kim, which I thought was a weird detail. <laughs> Who's, like, dating, like, the school weirdo, and then that, like, takes him out of it immediately, because it's, like, that's a weird power dynamic to set. Yeah, and it completely changes it. She yeah. says... He says, I mean, that is a interesting point. It's like beyond the, what he says, which is you can't change characters in the middle. It doesn't make narrative sense. Like, I think it's beyond that it doesn't make narrative sense. And yeah. more just, he feels weird about being the weirdo. He wants to be the uh, sexy adulterer. And she, like, Hannah keeps getting the notion of Adam being a weirdo reinforced to her over and over again, both by his past behavior, especially in like season one and early season two. And then like her mom last episode yeah. is like, you don't want to be like socializing this weird man. Mm-hmm. But I think that's almost in now with a little hindsight, like bad advice from Lorene, because Adam really is pretty normal now and like pretty driven now that he's he has a very concrete mm-hmm. purpose like a professional purpose yeah and yeah. Hannah's like trying to just reinforce that again yeah definitely I mean definitely her mom got in her head yeah and yeah. it just seems unfair to like in a relationship to try to like keep someone and the idea that you have of them, if that makes sense. Like, you want to allow people to, like, grow and evolve and change. And, like, Hannah insecurely trying to stick him back into the weirdo box, even though he's, like, a literal, like, mm-hmm. successful Broadway actor now. Yeah. It's, it's very manipulative. It is. And it's, yeah. You know, she she even to Patty Lapone a few episodes ago when he would everyone's gonna want to fuck him um she was like well you know even the weird looking guys have sex yeah so I I think it's I don't know it's it's all it's all connecting yeah so like the episode ends with them like Adam kind of leaves her at Marnie's like she he goes to like stay with Ray for a while um to focus on his craft and like you know box out like the drama that Hannah's bringing to the table like from his process which like maybe a little extreme but also reasonable I think yeah I I don't know. I, I I do. I definitely think it's a bit extreme, but I think it's also the, the extremeness is re- just reinforced by the fact that they're in a weird place right now. You know, I think it could be normal if there weren't other things going on. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that the the sex scene that came before that you know uh i guess declaration Mm -hmm. was just seeing how these two characters are both kind of playing roles not to be um too literal but (laughs) and i don't know that that maybe they were never truly a genuine match like you have noted here he says i had to keep or i had to have sex to keep myself from drinking and then we fell in love yeah so they're both just the characters are growing into different people yeah which i mean is very honest to like your Mm mid-20s um i mean it's such a launching pad for evolving dreams and like professional aspirations and like you kind of shift the idea of yourself Mm -hmm. into something that is like either like you're you can't achieve your dreams like adam does or you have to like shift it into something that's a little bit more quote-unquote realistic like hannah's doing with her gq gig Mm -hmm. 
And yeah. sometimes that can be hard. Uh, speaking of that dynamic, do you want to talk about Marnie? Because this was another bad episode for my girl. Yeah. Wow, she really can't win, can she? Yeah, and I was like just scrolling through episode descriptions um because i was trying to find when a specific episode that we're not going to cover for a while actually is mm-hmm. and we are in for essentially two more full seasons of marnie humiliation and i was like my god <laughs> like my I, god. I i can't do this sometimes you have a long stretch of humiliating years <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah i i mean marnie, don't marnie have to tell me <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh this beanie I mean, though was yeah, Marnie struts into Sujin's gallery, or, or or more sort of slumped over, like you know, like hey. This was a very VPR girl outfit. Oh yes. Oh my. Wait. So she's wearing the blue beanie. What else? I can't remember. Blue beanie, vest over a heather gray T-shirt, denim oh. short shorts, and booties. Like it really is like kind of Coachella girl. But also kind of trying to be art girl. Yeah. It was really bad. And like Sujin like kind of talks to her for a second about like, or talks at her, I should say, for a second about all the gallery logistics and then ends it with like, oh, I love your beanie. (laughs) Like, (laughs) just like tossed in there. no, you don't. That is like the appropriate reaction to that beanie too like you can't really ignore it but like you also cannot give it any oxygen no very quick i love your beanie yeah um so she oh no go on marnie asks sujin for a job basically pretty much just straight up and sujin offers her an assistant gig and she says she needs an assistant who's more qualified than she is just like so just you know kick her while she's down yeah that that was hard to watch I mean so much of Marnie's stuff was just so hard to watch um and you can see her heart shatter into like a million little pieces at that but she also takes the gig she does which is kind of just what you do in that situation yeah i'm curious how that pays i'm sure it doesn't i'm sure it's minimal and i'm sure she's doing all the work too because sujin i mean she's getting all the money for this gallery from her dad Mm -hmm. um and promptly spending it on stuff that's not the gallery right um and that there was a line where she was like oh yeah i'm 24 because marnie asked how old she is she says i'm 24 but i'm gonna say i'm 22 for the mystique which is like yeah for the to give the gallery a little more intrigue which is so funny funny for a few reasons one being it's they're both young ages. They're both, it's, you yeah. know, 22 is hardly different from 24. I mean, no, I guess it is. If you're a 22 year old gallery owner. Oh yeah, like, no. Well, that is also, that is like very acutely 20s thinking too. Like yeah, the gap between really like funny. 22 and 24 feels like feels five good, years. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Um, So Marnie goes over to Desi um who's become her like crutch because he validates her artistry um and does he like he's like svengalling her a little bit like he reads her journal and tries to get her to like open up artistically Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i love marnie singing he says sing what comes to your mind (laughs) she she's swimming pools and candy that's the first line we hear out of her mind yeah yeah out of her mind once again like Raquel not a very curious mind (laughs) with that Marnie Michaels but um what were some other wigs oh yeah I see you in the mountains we're flying in a jet plane there's flowers in the attic but I haven't met Tom yet and she kind of like trails off at that point like 
it's like ai generated copy for free people incredible nothing he asks who's tom she's like i don't know you just told me to speak from my heart (laughs) (laughs) there's some guy named tom in there i guess guess. but then like desi (laughs) it is is (laughs) she is we've seen this season that she is a bravo head so she probably is watching bpr that's a wow that's a great point but like desi is such a poser like when he tries to do the same exercise he i screamed at this um i'm dying of this thirst girl thirsty thirsty thirst girl and like (laughs) that's what gets him to like he like throws down his guitar after that which is like at least you're self-aware that's that's terrible but um marnie asks who who are you singing that about which is you know i i love that as a (laughs) yeah question but of course he doesn't answer how she wants him to wants she doesn't answer in the way she would like him to she says or he says he's singing about his girlfriend clementine who he misses because i I can't remember their long distance or something like that yeah or she's just like out of town for work all the time or something like Uh, that because we do we do see her shortly which we'll get into um what else? Oh yeah. Well, so do we want to talk about Jess and Shosh then? Yeah, they, they okay. have their moments are small and these small two and like I hated this scene. I didn't like it at all. Yeah, I I didn't understand tonally what they were going for. It was really clumsy and clunky. Yeah. Um. Though, like, not unbelievable for the characters so like Shosh stages a mini intervention for Jasper and Jessa Mm -hmm. in some restaurant and she brings in um Dot Jasper's daughter played by Academy nominee at the time Academy nominee Felicity Jones Mm. who I thought was terrible in this I mean it's just it the scene is just kind of stilted um you know show yeah it, it just it doesn't make a ton of sense um but the daughter and jasper whose name i keep forgetting i keep just referring to him as the coke friend but <laughs> he is coke him. friend you know i mean i don't know he, he he does a good job in this role but didn't make much of an impact on me um but dot and dad are you know connecting and jess is just kind of off by the side you know she she kind of played the role of daughter and girlfriend to Jasper, mm-hmm. I feel. So now she's she's going to get abandoned again. Yeah, and like the one piece of writing that did feel kind of realistic in this scene was the daughter being like, she seems like a very mean girl, which is true. Like, yeah. I think like that's like a simple thing to say, but also something so cutting yeah um but yeah otherwise this was a dud i thought the rash special effects were gross that is also (laughs) just something i have to have to say um i do think at the end when um jess is sitting on the sidewalk smoking a cigarette and shosh just stands over her and says you look like a junkie and jessa says i am i I thought that was a i don't know that that felt real that felt more impactful to me 100 percent. like i don't really know what it was about this season where they kind of just forgot how to write jessa's character yeah um it sort of course corrects i not to jump ahead to like the finale i did watch the finale too Mm-hmm. on top of these episodes i do think they wrap up her arc kind of nicely but like yeah these first like 10 episodes are not like whatever yeah um do we want to move on to episode 11 yeah let's okay so adam and we open with adam and hannah having sex um and he leaves to go back to Ray's. so they're like midway through that living arrangement um 
and Hannah follows him to Ray's because she was quote unquote worried that Ray might not have bananas for him to eat in the morning. <laughs> because every morning he eats one and a half bananas, which is like such a perfect detail. I could absolutely see him housing a banana oh. and being so tired halfway through the other one. He's also like one of the original macro bros for sure mm-hmm. for sure um like keto before before it was a thing like yeah he's that this all tracked to me too are bananas low carb i feel like bananas have high carb i can't speak to the carbs i know that they like have so much potassium in them that people use them as like natural energy okay wow i'm gonna look into banana carbs but... yeah i wish i like should eat more bananas i guess for that reason because my caffeine dependency has gotten out of control recently so maybe switching to a natural alternative would be great but i don't like raw bananas take a page out of adam's book i i can i'll give you some banana tips afterwards i i've I've learned some good ways to incorporate bananas anyway yes (laughs) Um, (laughs) um yeah he basically kicks her out again adam says i see you and i think playtime but i need to think work time which is so real hannah's just you know i mean their relationship is very much in this place where neither of them have been serious about anything for a long time and now he really has something he cares about and they can't adapt yeah uh, he says someday you'll have something major going on and you'll understand which is so sad and also maybe not true yeah potentially not true but also like a good i thought a nice way to frame it yeah yeah like, it is and it isn't because it's also reaffirming the fact that she doesn't have anything major going on you know it's just yeah it's like yeah, okay don't remind me <laughs> And he says in the last episode, too, that, like, his job is not her work. Mm-hmm. Which, like, yes, I I get where he's coming from with that. Like, his career depends on this big break moment. Mm-hmm. While she has a very, like, steady corporate gig that's not exciting, but, like, she has, like, stability that he doesn't, in a sense. Right. But like you can still frame that to someone in a way that feels a little bit more like or less diminishing of what they actually do. Yeah, definitely. So this is when Elijah comes to the Patty Lapone interview, though. Yes. Oh wow. I just a really poor decision on Hannah's part that that did lead to a once in a lifetime opportunity to drink and hang with Patty Lapone, but Hannah went to Patty's with the intention of getting a quote about the bone density yeah. <laughs> medication for her SpawnCon piece. And Elijah comes along and it, you know, turns into just a, a kind of a boozy evening. Yeah, I love that Patty and Hannah are on like air kisses and hugs. Uh, I you know it made me feel so jealous like what a cool what a cool position to be in yeah like it was so I I mean I we said this last week too but like Patty Lapone on the show perfect perfect Perfect. no notes um so she is married to a writer turned teacher though um and Hannah like it's hard not to see the parallels like this the writing for this was a little on the nose let's say um but the patty's husband has had to give up her his dreams of writing to be like an assistant professor in the cuny system and just like stand there and like applaud patty's performances which is like i yeah i mean it's not something hannah wants for herself no and she quickly after hearing that she says well that was your choice right you chose to be a teacher right it wasn't because you there was you know only room for one big talent and he says no it it was because there was only room for one big talent which i don't know the the way that hannah so immediately 
tried to quell her own fears i i saw myself in that moment you know kind yeah. of not being able to hear someone else's situation that might be similar to yours without immediately saying well how does this affect me it's, it's wild to me that like patty lapone has now caused two crises <laughs> for hannah like uh-huh. her personal one from a few weeks ago and now like the professional crisis that the catalyst we need that like oh this so the office scene was hard to watch like oh, wow. yeah she's in a staff meeting at gq with jenna lyons and company and she has her head in her hands and it like just immediately starts lashing out being like when are you going to stop start calling yourself a former poet like yeah it's you're not totally- a real writer like stuff like that yeah trashing these people for abandoning their creative ambitions and taking this cushy uh what do they call it at a advertorial 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 um mm-hmm. and you know is just definitely putting her just projecting continually projecting feeling like she sold out and then getting mad at them for selling out she says she says the office is a cooler for dead souls and a sweatshop factory for puns which i thought was so so funny um but yeah she quits and yeah. it's 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 hard to watch because wow what an asshole you know like maybe these people don't want to be starving artists (laughs) yeah and like it's not like you're not being creative necessarily like copywriting is not necessarily artistically fulfilling compared to creative writing but you're still exercising the part of your brain that is trying to convey ideas in creative ways right I mean it's just obviously less glamorous than being a writer or a poet. yeah and i think like yeah contrasting adam's newfound or like about soon to be fame with her current standing is making her realize that she also kind of wants like acclaim and glamour rather than just yeah. a, you know career in the shadows which i get it that makes sense oh. but yeah i mean i don't know i mean as someone who is kind of between I've like found myself in Hannah's position like kind of am in it now needing to make money at this creative sure but not fulfilling job while writing on the side and I can tell you from experience sometimes you just gotta do your creative stuff on the side I mean you just like you gotta pay your rent you gotta pay your rent I guess rent was cheaper in 2013 (laughs) I get it must but, have been yeah I don't know it's it's she she just can't compartmentalize no and she also like she keeps fine this was a real backslide for her this episode into her like delusional narcissism again because she is out to dinner with Adam's um Broadway co-workers later mm-hmm. and just announces to the table apropos of nothing that she lost her job that day and everyone's like oh cool okay sorry that happened right everyone's also kind of like why like why did you why did you leave this they're confused why she did it I think she wanted them to celebrate her and say wow yeah stick it to the man yeah write for yourself but they're all just like well why did you quit your job and she's like an idiot about it too because she's like I provoked them into firing me so I could collect unemployment. And I was like, Diva, uh, if you get fired for cause, you don't get unemployment. (laughs) And they all know that too. Like they look at each other after she says that and they're like, oh, brother. (laughs) Yeah, which is so funny. I mean, it also just shows how kind of immature she is. And, you know, of course, has not thought any of this through and you know very entitled but yeah. um hannah and adam go back to raise and this is this is a huge moment in the episode um i think this was 
maybe the last moment of the episode it was the last moment yeah Um, she hannah hears moaning coming from ray's bedroom of course we the viewer and hannah both know that sounds a lot like marnie and Mm -hmm. hannah's approaching the door and uh adam says mind your own business that's not your business and hannah says the amazing line everything's my business and um of course she opens the door to see uh marnie and ray having sex yeah and marnie this marnie like hitting the floor immediately made me laugh a ton but this was like just (laughs) recklessly cruel again like hannah cannot let other people just have moments and like this is we'll talk about the marnie plot in a second but like Mm -hmm. this is after marnie has like her biggest artistic triumph to date. Right. And she just can't leave things alone. Yeah. Also, um, Marnie saying, he made me. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, what? (laughs) So funny. Oh, God. Um, Okay. Speaking of Marnie, she is working at this gallery uh, and bonds with an artist who comes in and is just kind of having a nice conversation with her the artist is says um getting old is the pits which i thought was kind of an interesting moment between marnie this like young pretty woman and then this older successful artist in a wheelchair you know you don't really see these girls interacting with people who are older than them and have lived a lot of life this was also really cool casting on the show's part too because this woman Beatty is played by louise lasser who's like a legendary new york writer comedian playwright and actor like married to woody allen in the 60s um had a show like a parody soap opera in the 70s called mary hartman mary hartman that is like what like widely heralded as one of the best tv shows ever made and like constantly pre like her being on girls was cited by lena dunham as a major artistic influence for her i didn't know that and then she is on the show i mean that's beautiful i didn't know she was an influence for lena i'll have to watch mary hartman mary hartman i think some of the episodes are either on tubi or peacock very worth seeking out because it's it's like the tone of the show is kind of like on a Ferris and scary movie a little bit. That's fun. If, like so this like serious performance sort of around like the zaniness and it just makes it so much funnier. Oh, I love it. But this was like early 70s. And it, like it, it's very ahead of its time in a lot of ways. Like you can see a really th- good line from like that show to girls into other things like Kroll show and like um yeah. Like a lot of like, and Tim and Eric is really, they've like talked about how much they love Louise Lasser too. Like it's very, yeah, everyone needs to go check her out. That's that's the point of all this. Like beautiful. I will literally after this. Yes. Very, very influential. Um, Oh yeah. So Jessa comes in though to the gallery while the artist is there. Um, Sort of like critiques her work a little bit for being obtuse i i don't remember the exact word she said but it was like Like, very pretentious word yeah she she at first is so complimentary of it she says it's fabulous it's so i again also cannot remember what she says exactly but then kind of drops in a you know subtle criticism and the artist asks jessa if she wants to do archival work for her which is you see Marnie's face it completely drops it's you know a job Marnie would have killed to do yeah but of course it goes to Jessa who just waltzes in and says a few words yeah and the job has a twist which we'll get to in the finale but um yeah that's that's kind of all Jessa does this episode actually is just like get this little job um So then we cut to Marnie and Desi playing together on stage mm-hmm. um, in some, some sort of like duets. Like show. an open mic. 
Yeah. The uh, white female rapper they had <laughs> bef- as the opener, oh, though, was so cringy. So <laughs> like, insane. I love Shosh. She says something like, I can really relate to her. Yeah. Like, of course, Shosh would like Carmen <laughs> and like those kinds of people. Like, I wish I wish I had some of the lyrics written down because I remember my mouth just on the floor. Yeah. Um, but so they Marnie and Desi perform at this open mic and um, before they went on stage Marnie kind of confronts him about their chemistry and says like I, you know you have to be feeling this too and he reminds her about Clementine his girlfriend who Marnie meets after the show when she runs up to Desi and like makes out with him and mm-hmm. you know, she is kind of stumbling over her words is so bummed out yeah and then that's what precipitates her to like bail on the after show and go straight back to Ray's. she like essentially forces him to have yeah sex with her to like soothe her ego yep and uh, that's where we get and that's that's where hannah finds out and curtains but um yeah, yeah no, not much Shosh and Jessa except for uh at the Desi Marnie open mic, Shoshana says to Hannah, she says at first, first she's saying, Wow, like everyone has something going on. Um, you know, Marnie's gonna be a big pop star and uh Adam's on Broadway. And then she says, You're supposed to be the famous artist in the group and now you're in advertising. Just just so cutting. Yeah. But, like, she also means it, too. Like, she's, like, just trying to be... She's, like, scorched earth at this point. Yeah. Go Shosh. Go Shosh. Uh, Should we get to our final segments? Yes. So which girl were you in these eps? Okay, so a little bit Hannah, I think. Um, Just, like, I saw myself in moments of her kind of desperation to hold on to something that might not be working and just you know her obsessive thought patterns um i i don't think to the extent of hannah but i i definitely saw some i saw some julia what about you same boat um bada i i mean adam i see myself in adam a lot too like i've definitely been on both sides of the coin here Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's really hard to be the person who sees someone else kind of getting what you want in a relationship. And it's easy to view that success as coming at your own expense in a way. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, I can, it's a kind of an ugly feeling, but it is like a pretty common one. Yeah. Yeah, Hannah is, you know, I think we, she's pretty relatable in these episodes. And I think has become over the season, she's written, I mean, she still has that classic Hannah narcissism, but I think when they were writing her, I think they, you know, it's become less apparent and less offensive, the narcissism. And she's more, I don't know. What do you think? I, I agree with that. Like, cause also this season's been so much for her about growth as a person. Like yeah. she's for the most part until this episode, basically like has the stable relationship. She has a job that really works for her. Her friendships are not perfect, but they're like beach house aside. They're not like in the gutter. Mm-hmm. And then, like, in one fell swoop, she just has to, like, undo all of it because she just, like, it's not the, she's not ready to, like, settle for anything less than her dreams yet. Mm-hmm. Which is not a bad impulse, but, like, she just can't, um, like, when she goes scorched earth on one thing, she has to go scorched earth on everything. Yeah. Yeah, so. all or nothing. Yeah. Uh, okay. fit check we kind of talked about the beanie and the, the strappy launch yeah i mean marnie and a beanie should be framed and hung in a museum 
Um, yeah. And then Hannah in that lingerie, Adam saying that she looks like a Christmas tree. It's perfect. Perfect. Um, yeah, just great, great fits all around. Um, what about MVP, LVP? Um, I am definitely Shosh MVP here because she just stayed out of it once again. Um, funny, relatable queen. We have to stand. We have no choice. Um, LVP, like I get uh, Jessa probably because she just feels like she's so stuck in the mud and like now she's lost her lower companion and at least she's on the right track like she's this really feels like a wake-up call in a lot of ways um mm-hmm. and she somehow lucks into the job that marnie gets so maybe marnie should be lvp but like i don't know i'm gonna i'm gonna keep it at jessa yeah i think i mean i agree mvp is shosh but i think lvp in the grand scheme of things probably jessa because you know drugs have ruined her life and is you know kind of threatening to ruin it again yeah um, but Marnie is also just, you know, beat down after beat down. Yeah. Sujin's assistant. I just. She, the hits she, keep coming. She, she, you know, she's, I don't know. But I, she's also getting up on stage and singing. So maybe she's not LVP. You know, she's still managing to rise above it. In yeah. Some way. It was so funny when Elijah was talking about her singing and being like, yes, like her instrument is good. But then he was like but she's always giving you the like yes papa (laughs) he says it's too it's both stiff and hopeful i think he says yeah (laughs) which is a read yeah i I mean it's spot on okay great episodes i thought like and we will be back next week with the finale of season three we're exactly halfway through the show after episode 11, wow, which is crazy. Wow. This has been, I mean, it's only up from here for, for the podcast, maybe not for the show. It's pretty, I, I'm excited to revisit my, what I think about the last half of the show's run. Right. Because I always thought this was a dip and it's definitely not. So sure. excited to see. Excited peeps. to reevaluate. Yeah, this is good, but. Um, All right. Well, until next week, everyone. Thanks. Bye. Bye.